please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. We're going to begin a series of services in ministry on the book of Second Kings, beginning with chapter 2. I'll be speaking in the next two, three weeks on Elisha. Elijah. Remember, Elijah is the one taken up to heaven. Elisha is the one that took over the mantle. So, the concentration here is on both of these prophets. Chapter 2 of Second Kings. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. You're going to see a move between these two prophets moving into different locations as if somehow Elijah is trying to get away from Elisha. There's a detachment between the two that is almost intensified on this chapter 2 of Second Kings. The question is this, why the detachment? Well, listen, if you've been a prophet of the Lord, and God is about to take your life away from this earth, you don't want to miss it. So there is a desire to, to see the Lord and a desire to detach yourself from earthly things. It's a psychological impediment. You have a man that keeps on hanging on you day and night. You can't get away from him because he's attached to you. And you're trying to run away from him in order to meet the Lord. And so there is a detachment problem. And so, Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. Now, Gilgal, as you know, is a place of remembrance. Gilgal is a place that uh, the detachment begins. They've been together ten years. It's close to Jericho. One is close to Shiloh in Samaria. But I believe that this Gilgal here is close to Samaria. It's right in the middle of the state of Israel. About uh, 30 miles south of the Lake of Galilee. And so, the detachment begins, verse 2. And Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray you. In other words, stay here, detachment. For the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah, Elisha said unto him, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Notice that Gilgal is the first attempt to detach. The second attempt to detach is Bethel. And so the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came forth to Elijah. Now, these prophets that were here, all of them were from Gilead. They were prophets that knew Elijah. But when they came into Bethel, which is a place of rest, he was told by the prophets, Do you know they're going to take you, your servant, Elisha? Your, your master is going to be taken up to heaven. The sons of the prophets were at Bethel. So they're proud sons of the Elijah and sons of Elisha. You never know whose sons they're talking here to. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray. Now the word tarry here means stay here, get away from me. Please, 
So there is a detachment. Elijah is hoarding, preparing his body for eternity to meet God in the air. He knew the time was about to come. You see, the subconscious of a spiritual man know when death approaches. You know it. You know when it's time. Some people, when they get away from the will of God in their lives, for the gifts and the call is without repentance. Meaning that the call and the gifts is without repentance. Never a call of God changes and is released. Never. Nowhere in the Bible there's a man who called the call of God, released him. And so when you release, when you run away from the call of God and think that you are released from it because of a certain aspect of what happened here and there in your ministry, you are able to say, I can I can leave this. The call is irrevocable. It's impossible. And so, so they went down to Bethel. And Elisha said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. Notice that Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho. These are three places that Elijah mentions as visiting in order to get away from Elisha. He said, As the Lord lives, as long as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said, Know you that the Lord will take away your master from you had today? And he answered and said, I know it. Hold your peace. Just a moment of tremendous excitement, tremendous empowerment, tremendous renewable. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless this Bible study today, Lord. I pray, God, that... Uh, in spite of me, the word of this chapter 2 of Second Kings will permeate and crush the mentality of those that are hearing so that they're able to be convicted by the Holy Spirit on how God deals with the anointed men of God or woman of God. I pray, Lord, that uh, this teaching will inspire, renew, strengthen those that are close to me in this very moment. In Jesus' name, amen. And so verse 6, Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray here in the Lord, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. So you have four places that the prophet Elijah moved to in order to get away from Elisha. First is Gilgal, the second is Bethel, the third is Jericho, the fourth is the Jordan. Now the Jordan is the place of ascension. Just like Jesus ascended into heaven at the Mount of Olives, so the prophet Elijah is about to ascend. And so, in the life of a prophet, God begins to move him into places to fulfill his call. Notice that Gilgal, the place of remembrance, Bethel, the place of rest, Jericho, the place of war, in Mount Jordan, in, in, in the Jordan River, the place of ascension. Notice that there is a movement toward that location. How long did it take to get that done? 
We don't know, but it says it came to pass. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass. The clock runs below the activity of the Holy Spirit in the life of a man of God or woman of God. Now, the problem with the clock is this, that some of you, perhaps, you're doing your clock work. You're moving away from the will of God into a place that uh, you're not supposed to be. And when you move into that place you're not supposed to be, then ministry ceases, and nothing that you do spiritually produces fruits. Notice that. Because the call and the gifts are without repentance. You can be in sin and still God uses you for His glory. But if you repent, the the anointing increases and you will move from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho and to the Jordan River. Meaning that the, the, the cycle of spiritual depth and call and renewal will increase as the movement approaches your psychological and your biological clock. When the biological clock is to stand still, nothing happens. So let's take a look. So he is, he is now uh, in, in Jericho, in Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And they too went on. So what's really happening in the life of this great prophet of God? What is that he's struggling, he's struggling with? Like you and I, most of us, we run a spiritual clock in our lives as to what God does in us in a period of time. And if you are and within the clock of God for your spiritual time, then God will fulfill His plan in your life and give you the anointing that you need. But if you're not, the fruits will be very, le- very little. I've seen more miracles I've seen more healings. I've seen more deliverance than I've seen in the beginning of my ministry up to now. The trip that we had to Brazil, to Swedish Deforest, has got to be the biggest, the most important experience, spiritual experience I have ever had in 55 years of preaching the gospel. And when I talk to others, they look at me as if somehow they, they, they can have no connection with it. But what I'm saying to you, is that if you are there, you'll see it. If you're not there, you won't see it. And so, Elijah is detaching from Elisha in order to meet God and let the flesh and physical men be detached from him. Be detached. Move into the heavenlies. Move into the anointing of God. Right there. And try to break away. Because Elisha moved, Elisha grabbed, Elisha held, and Elijah wants to go up without Elisha. I don't know if you understand this. I, I still have not been able to comprehend to, in totality, but I have an idea that it has to do with what really Elisha is going to ask. So go into the verse 9. On verse 7, and the 50 men of sons of the prophet. Now, if you look at uh, uh, the sons of the prophets, it appears in, 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 of course, in Bethel. Then it appears again 
at Jordan. First the sons of the prophets, but now they mention the number of the prophets. And on verse 7 it says, Fifty of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by the Jordan. Now if you go to the Jordan at the traditional place of baptism, and of course I've never been there, but I've seen enough photographies to realize that it's down a slope. Just as as you look at the Jordan in the upper parts of the above Jericho, it's flat. But it crosses into Jordan. It actually is on a slope. It's in the mountains of Jordan. Jordan is a mountainous mountain, mountainous country. And as the as the boundaries between Israel and Jordan begin to be accelerated in front of you, the bus begins to go up. And so as we looked into the place, the traditional place, the baptism of Jesus, which is the Jordan place, the place is up. It's up. And the prophets were looking from the top. And when the sons of the prophets, 50 of them, stood up to see they wanted, they wanted to see what's about to happen. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that the place where Jesus was baptized is the place where Elijah went to heaven. Why is that the case? It's because everything that is done is centered upon the spiritual movements of Jesus. When you look at uh, the place, Mount Carmel, of the, uh, of the Transfiguration, it's above the Lake of Galilee. The waters of the Mount, 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 Mount Carmel, Mount Bethel, uh, come into the Lake of Galilee by an area that water is so plenty. And so, it says, Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. So notice that they had to cross the Jordan into the Jordan side of the, ri- of the river, into the, the country of Jordan. And in this experience, the last miracle of Elijah is, it happens. He actually took his mantle and smote the waters, and the waters apart. And they crossed in dry ground. So, Let's stop for a moment. Have you ever been thinking about why in the world Elijah would do something like this? It's another attempt to get away from Elisha. There are four attempts. Bethel, Gilgal, Jericho, the Jordan. And now he crosses the river Jordan into the Jordan country of Jordan in order perhaps to get away from Elisha. But the prophet Elisha... uh, just wouldn't get away from his father. He just was so attached. He couldn't get away. He just, he just knew that there was something in the heart of this minor prophet that wanted to take from the great prophet Elijah. And so, verse 9, And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, 
You know, if you if you have a million dollars and you can take a million dollars to heaven, that's the time to detach a million dollars and leave it with Elisha. In other words, Elijah knew that he had an anointing the size of a hill. He is the one who, when left and ridiculed by a youth group, called the bears of the area, and the bears devoured the, stu- the youth from putting down and harassing the prophet. So the power, the anointing of God, if you're going to heaven, can be used by somebody else. So the question here is not Elisha saying to Elijah, give me something. Is Elijah saying to Elisha, I want to give you something. Meaning that the anointing is earthly. It's more earthly than spiritual. The anointing is for an individual. The anointing is transferable. The anointing is overwhelming in power, giving the authority of the person who has it to reduce the amount or double the amount. So let's take a look at this verse because it came to pass. Now it came to pass, it said twice. First it said on the beginning of chapter 2, verse 1. And then it said again on verse 9, chapter 2 of, of, of Second Kings. And the word is, it came to pass, it came to pass, it came to pass. So what am I saying here? I'm saying to you that we are in a, a, a chronological and biological clock. If you forget about that, you are getting away from what the Lord has for your life, and you're living a life that you control the clock. But if God controls the clock, you begin, you begin to move in, a, in more power and in, in a way that is contrary to everything around you. In other words, if you don't have the money and you go anyway, God provides the money. If you are called to a task and you do it even though it brings harm to your person and to family, God will take care of the family. If you are empowered by God to fulfill a call at the moment of tremendous stress and tiredness and weakness, God will perform. If you have sin in the concept, in the time and the moment, to fulfill the will of God, God will forgive your sin, renew it, empower you, and keep on pushing you towards fulfilling. For the gifts of the call is without complete repentance. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. That's good. So let's go to verse 9. When it came to pass, that's the second and last time the clock in the biological clock speaks up. Now, what happened in between? Well, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. They probably sat there and talked for a while. Because the offer comes from the men of God and not from the minor prophet. The men of God, Elijah, is suggesting that what he has in his pocket needs to be given to someone who can use it. So take a look. When they were going over, over the Jordan. Remember, Elijah simply just, look, don't you think that uh, the idea of crossing the Jordan on dry ground was necessary? Just lift up your mantle, walk away, the river is not that deep. But, Elijah 
the, the, the major prophet finally, for the last time, shows the double anointing. The double anointing is only good to those that use it. The double anointing is only good to those that are in service of God. The double anointing is only good when you put your life on the line and you do what God has called you to do in your life without any, any consideration to your physical, psychological, mental, and family included. Hard to understand. I'd say I've been a irresponsible father being away from my children most of my life. But I want you to know that my children are taken care of by the mighty hand of God and all of them are empowered by the living God and all of them understand that their father is fulfilling the call of God because I have to fulfill it. I have no choice. There's no choice in my life. Okay, let's take a look at verse 9. And it came to pass as they were going over. So what do you mean by that? They stopped, came to pass, the clock runs, the clock keep on running, and then as they run over, as they walked over, as they cross it. So you got to cross it. you got to cross it. The only way to fulfill the will of God is for you to cross it and you move forward. God is not going to bless you if you sit tight and you do that which is necessary in order for us to survive. It's a death call. If you don't have a death call, you'll never be able to face death. So let's take a look. And he said, Ask what I shall do for you. <laughs> oh, what a sweet, sweet words. I, I can tell you. Ask what I shall do for you. Seven words. Seven words that are one of the most powerful words of a prophet speaking to a man of God. Ask what I shall do for you. Overwhelming gift of God. Oh my goodness. Before I be taken away from you. <clears throat> now, this is the first time that the prophet, major prophet, is simply saying, I have felt it in my heart. That when I was at Gilgal, I had to get away from you because God's going to take me. I run all the way to Bethel. I run from there to Jericho and I run to the Jordan. And I knew there's something going on in my spirit. So the, the, the call of God to live and to fulfill indicates the one with the double anointing. When the double anointing in your life is present, the call, the, the clock runs. When the double anointing of the Lord in your life, the double anointing. I read, a, I heard a pastor from Texas telling me that the experience of salvation includes the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When you receive salvation, you actually receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's no question about that. It's by the Holy Spirit that we are saved. Conviction of sin is the number one task of the Holy Spirit. But the empowerment, sanctification comes because Jesus came out of the water in the dove aligned on Him. In other words, the Lord separated the baptism of water, of repentance, to the baptism of the Holy Spirit as, as, as in the life of Jesus at the River Jordan facing the great prophet of God. Let me ask you this. Are you aware, do you realize that when Elijah, the great prophet, spoke to his brother, saying to him, Ask what I shall do for you. 
before I be taken away from, from you. He will simply say, my biological clock in this earth is about to be over. So what do you mean? Anybody that serves God knows when the time to die? Yes. Anybody who is called to God to serve Him knows that? Yes. And I'm telling you, I'm not ready to die. I have a lot of time to do it. And I'm asking you to help me fulfill my call. And do not abandon me. I've been trying to tell you guys that we carried the flame in, 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 in Atlanta, Georgia, on July 12th to the 15th. is a critical date in my biological clock. And it's embarrassed. I'm ashamed that you're going to leave me there by myself. You've got to come. Grab your whole family and come to the Jordan. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. In essence, a double portion of the Spirit of God, which was on Elijah, on the major prophet. Now, let me ask you this. You have an anointing. I want want what you have, but I want twice what you have. And the question is this. Why to keep it? Why not to give it? Now, can that be done only if you're about to die? Not really. My father prayed for thousands to receive the anointing of God. And all of them are pastors, ministers today in the thousands. The name Danny Bonfim in Brazil is recognized by one of the saints of God who shook the face of the earth in Brazil. And Brazil is a nation of 300 million people who are at least 40% evangelicals today. My father, Daniel Bonfim, and thousands of other men of God brought the kingdom of God upon Brazil in a way that Brazil will never be the same. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. You have asked a hard thing. What do you mean by that? Well, it's difficult to give what you don't have. But as, as the power of crossing over the Jordan was experienced by both prophets, because you see, the anointing is one to be used. When the anointing is twice, it stretches. It moves in areas that you never experienced before. It's a hard thing to stretch out to that which is double what you have. But the mouth of the great prophet said the words, Nevertheless, in other words, I'll do it anyway. With one condition. And of course, you know, it's kind of interesting that this condition was put in the mouth of this, of this prophet. He said, If you see me when I'm taken up from you, it shall be so done unto you. So what do you mean? And I don't know how to explain this to you. I've been studying this and praying this this. This morning, about the first time I went to see the Atlanta Braves, I was more interested in a hot dog than I was interested in the, in the game. And so it was bases loaded. And at that particular moment, the guy came in and put a big old hot dog in front of me so my nostrils would smell it. As I took the money and I gave him the money and got the hot dog, somebody... <laughs> 
on the first plate, hit a home run, and it cleared the bases. And I missed everything. I missed the whole thing. And I said, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? Well, Rick, you're just eating the hot dog, and you missed it completely. <laughs> it's done. 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 And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be done unto you. But if not, I, it shall not be so. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this moment, Lord, in, in the life of this great prophet. Bring us together tomorrow to examine exactly what happened. May those who are listening to me by the time of this website... Be strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen. Clamando no escuro, correndo e olhando para trás.